Welcome to PracticeLink On Air. We help physicians find their first or next practices and manage their career transitions. Let's get started. Whether it's with your employer, your spouse, or a business partner, you'll find yourself signing your name on the dotted line when you enter almost any important relationship. Sometimes, especially when the terms seem standard, you might sign a contract without reading or understanding every single line. But when it comes to your employment contract, you'll want to know the terms inside and out, especially the terms that will come into play if you decide to leave your position and seek employment somewhere else. Hi, I'm Laura Hammond, Director of Content at PracticeLink. I met up with Jennifer McCullough, Senior Physician Recruiter at HNI Healthcare at a recent conference. We talk about common challenges that physicians can encounter when they're first-time job seekers, from navigating the recruitment process to understanding employment contracts and answering tough interview questions. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. So the first thing you have to do is pick a question from our pile. Let's start from the front. All right. Okay. Here we go. It says, is trust a naive or a sophisticated quality? I think that um, trust is something that's earned. It's something that's pure. Um, it's something that should be valued and, and cherished. So um, I wouldn't say it's really naive. Um, um, it's, it's more sophisticated because, again, it opens so many doors. Um, when you build a, a relationship with a physician, um, a recruit, and, and they feel that um, you're working in their best interest and the best interest of the community, um, that trust is a tangible part of what can be a future relationship. So it's, um, it's important. So it is pretty sophisticated. That's a great segue into our conversation today and how trust is such an important part of the physician's journey to whatever employer, because they're trusting the recruiter to be able to present opportunities that are a good fit for them and a location mm -hmm. that is a good fit for them too. And so as part of that process, there's a contract involved. Absolutely. Just like every other relationship, you know, you get married, you sign a piece of paper, you take a job, you sign a piece of paper. So what are some of the pitfalls that you see residents make when they're faced with their first employment contract? Well, a very wise person once told me that a contract is for the worst of times. Mm. It's like a prenup, uh, kind of. So when I meet with residents, I tell them, begin with the end in mind. Um, anytime you enter into a relationship, you you know it's all bells and flowers and unicorn and everything is beautiful. Uh, but there may come a time, um, hopefully it won't happen, that the relationship changes, and you need to look at how you're going to extricate yourself from that situation, um, what your rights are, what your responsibilities are, and. Um, you want to do it cleanly and have everything up front. So when I meet specifically with residents um, and we discuss contract negotiation, I said there are certain things that will be common in, in all contracts. You're going to have the begin date, you're going to have the term, whether it's a year, two year contract, um, what your obligations are, what their expectations are as an employer. If there's a partnership track, you want to know what the steps are to get to that point. Um, 
but also something that a lot of people overlook is um, restrictive covenants. Um, if I leave, where am I able to practice or where are the parameters where you know I am not able to see my current patient base and um, some of them can be very broad and and people get themselves in very difficult situations because it's a two-year term and sometimes they have multiple locations as happened recently with um, one of my former residents who called me she worked at six sites in South Florida and they didn't have a specific location designated. And I said, you need to understand that if you leave, they can include all of those locations and you'll have to leave South Florida. And I said, is that something that you're willing to do? And she said, no. I said, then you need to have them designate a primary work location and put um, a perimeter around that, whether it's 15 miles or whatever. And whether it's six months or a year, make it something that is not gonna negatively impact you. That's a great point because if you bind yourself too closely with those restrictive covenants, then a job change might automatically mean a relocation for right. your family. And if you have you know, young children and you move to that location because of family or other ties to the community, you don't want to be forced out of that um, because of a contract that you didn't take the time to understand. That's a, that's a great point. So is the restrictive covenant something that is often negotiable in an employment contract? Absolutely. There are some that are negligible, you know, with hospital medicine. Sometimes you, they say that you can't work with another group at the same facility once you terminate your agreement. Um, some of them say that you can't work within 15 miles or direct competitor um, or within the county. But it's just important to really take the time and understand what is being asked of you and um, sometimes there are buyouts and, and things of that nature. But most contracts have certain things that are, are pretty standard and um, as long as you can um, take the time and understand what they're actually saying, the better off you are. Um, regardless of how you're going to end, whether it's um, your choice or the employer's choice. Or retirement, maybe. Or retirement. <laughs> In the best case scenario, right. maybe. Right. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned something really great right there, which is that it's up to the physician to understand what is expected of them. Yes. And that's something that we communicate through Practice Link Magazine as well, is you're the one who's gonna be fulfilling whatever is in the employment contract. So even if you have a healthcare attorney review your contract to help you understand, you're the one who's gonna to have to execute on it. So make sure that you're the one who understands. What role does healthcare do? A, does a healthcare attorney have to play in some of the contracts that you've worked with, especially as residents are coming into their first practice? This is another point that I kind of stress. You know, people are like, oh, my uncle's an attorney, or you know, the the guy up the streets. Everybody's they, got a friend. Everyone has a friend as an attorney, <laughs> but they're not all created equal. Mm. You know, you don't want a real estate attorney. Um, who doesn't understand what an RVU is, you know, advising you on your contract. It's a very specific um, language, um, unique to our work environment, so you really want to go to someone who has the experience and the wherewithal to properly advise you on, on the contents of it. Some people, you know, they get a little verbose and excited about things that are, are really very commonplace. But um, telling someone that 
they need to search for the right person to advise them on a medically related contract is essential. Mm. Um, and if they have immigration issues as well, it's important to have an immigration attorney who is well respected in the industry um, advise them in that regard also. So for the advising process, um, does that include the negotiation with the employer or is that something that the physician should take on themselves? Um, I try to just help in layman's terms mm. to make them understand the basis of it. But when it comes to um, making a decision or um, negotiating terms, that's really an individual um, responsibility. They should have that discussion with their family. They should have it with their attorney. Mm. Um, so I just try to give them the rudimentary um, aspects of it. And um, above that, they should really go to a special, um, someone who specializes in that field. Mm -hmm. Because um, I don't want to have the liability, um, nor should anyone else. I'm not an attorney, and I don't want to pretend to be an attorney. Um, um, I think something that Practice Link does well, and it's something that I, I rely on heavily when I meet with the residents, is having attorneys, having young physicians, having experienced physicians discuss their journey, mm -hmm. their decision making, um, who they spoke to, why they made the decision, when they look at the contracts, the timing of all of those things. Um, I think that um, you all provide a very valuable tool in that regard. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's online, or a lot of times I like to give it to them so that when they go to the physician's lounge or they have a few minutes, they can look at that material and I'll, and I'll earmark certain things, uh, especially when it comes time to contract or decision-making um, issues mm -hmm. that go out or when to start your search. So um, very, very valuable tool in my life. Great. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> as long as you're not giving the what not to say in an interview to well, after an interview. <laughs> sometimes you have to coach post-interview and say, if I may recommend, you know, here, here's some um, constructive feedback on how to address those type of questions mm -hmm. um, going forward. And a lot of times you don't know what you don't know. Right. Is there, um, is there something that you can pinpoint where you feel like you're telling residents who come to interview um, here's something here's a way that you can ask that question differently or some other thing that you can improve on is there something that always comes up about that I, I, I feel that I go in kind of mother mode a lot of times <laughs> and I feel that um, oftentimes in, in the residency they're so focused on um, the medical side of what they do that oftentimes the employment search side mm -hmm. um, is is left to you know chance to chance pretty <laughs> much. So um, I like to coach them prior to, and I said during the interview we do behavioral based questions. Let me give you an example of what a behavioral based question is. Can you give us one now? We'd like to you know. Can you give us an example of a situation in which um, you had an opinion on a patient that differed from your attending? Hmm. How did you address that issue? Tell us about the situation and how did you resolve it? You know, so you want to understand their thought process, the methodology on how did they go through this. Some people have a very hard time 
um, and they don't really answer the questions. But you really want to understand, A, can you think on your feet? And B, what were the processes that you went to to come to resolution? Did you even come to a resolution? So I will, sometimes I send them just general questions to say this is, um, this is the format. Um, if there are folks that I work with locally, we'll go down to what are you gonna wear and who are you traveling with and you know, just anything to make it a more comfortable and successful um, interview is what we wanna do. We want success every time for every person. And sometimes it's a learning experience. You may not have a great experience this time, but you've learned something, so next time, you know, you'll remember and, and do better. And, and one of the things that we've heard from other recruiters too is that if you're not taking a job with that place now, there's nothing to say that if that location was desirable, you're not gonna take a job with that place in five years, 10 years, when you retire <laughs> and are looking for something else. Um, so what are some ways that a resident can be mindful of that as they're starting their job search and just really focused on, on that development of a relationship and not just going into it as a job? In our world, in the world of healthcare, in the world of recruiters, um, there's about six degrees of separation. If you speak with someone long enough, someone knows someone. Kevin Bacon. Um, <laughs> there, there's always someone <laughs> and um, so you try to help them to be mindful of that people know each other people talk if if I have a doctor who's from you know a certain town in New York I'll see who else is from New York say you know look at where they trained look at where they um, where they worked previously did you work at you know this large group or that group and if you talk to enough people, there will be a connection. If they were in the military, there will be a connection. Um, so you never want to burn a bridge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you leave an interview, if you leave a place of employment, whatever it is, always try to um, leave with a positive sense and follow up and say, you know, I'm sorry, this didn't, this didn't work out at this time, but hopefully, you know, things may change in the future, or I wish you the best, or I would be glad to recommend someone. You always want to put a positive spin on the situation that, um, that you're, you're leaving so that uh, the person that is the remainder will think highly enough of you because again it's a small world that's great advice thank you so much for joining us thank and you please feel free to join us anytime to find your first or next practice at practicelink.com thanks for listening to practice link on air where we help physicians find their first or next practices and manage their career transitions for more helpful resources and jobs in more than 5,000 communities visit us at practicelink.com.